Hi, friends. Welcome to Attempting Motherhood the Odd Way. I am your host, Sam. I am an autistic, ADHD, elder millennial mom just trying to figure things out as I go, attempting to do my best and sharing what I learn along the way. I thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Let's get into it. This is episode one of the Attempting Motherhood podcast. So I thought I would take the opportunity to tell you a bit more about me because hopefully we will be spending a lot of time together. So as you've already heard in the intro, I'm an autistic ADHD. I tend to use the colloquial shorthand term ADHD and elder millennial. So at 36, I am knocking on the door of not just 40, but also perimenopause, a subject I am sure we will get into in later episodes. But today, let's talk a little bit about my journey of first understanding that I was neurodivergent and how I got here. So if you followed me on social media, you might know some of the information that I'm about to go through, but I'm about to get into more detail than I have on any of my social media videos. So sit tight. Before I had my daughter, I would not have ever suspected I was ADHD. I did suspect I was autistic, but that was something that I felt like I was just kind of getting through life fine enough, if you will. I didn't realize the amount of sensory things that I have that now I have gone down the rabbit hole. I understand or attributed to being autistic, but I kind of thought I didn't really need workplace accommodations. There was no reason for me to get a formal diagnosis. The ADHD part, though, took me completely by surprise. That one came out of absolute left field and partially because I was ignorant. I was naive about what ADHD actually is, and I kind of just thought what I think a lot of people think is that it was naughty young boys who couldn't sit still in class. In fact, that was one of the ways that I gaslit myself when I first started thinking, well, maybe I'm ADHD. I would tell myself, oh, no, I think you only have that as a child because that's what some information that is now proven wrong and outdated, but some information has said that. And also I thought, well, I don't really know how that affects girls because I've never been physically hyper. But once I did a bit more research, I went down a lot of rabbit holes and I started to understand that I am what's called more inattentive presenting ADHD. So for me, most of the hyperactivity is in my brain. Yes, I can sit still, sometimes probably too much, especially when we get a little bit of task paralysis involved, but I will most likely also be like fidgeting. So in a school situation, for me, I wasn't the kid that was, you know, having to stand up and walk around or getting tossed out of class because I was being disruptive. I was the kid drawing on her notebooks, fiddling with the pen cap making cheeky, sly comments to my neighbor friend because I was making fun of whatever the teacher had said or something. But I was never a big disruptor, if you will. Fast forward, and when it came time for, say, homework, and there's really no way for me to say this without seeming really arrogant, but I was kind of smart enough just to get by without trying too hard. So I got A's and B's, I listened enough to 
you know, do decent, but I always forgot to do my homework. And that wasn't by intention. I would sit in class thinking, okay, I'm going to write that paper or do that assignment. And then I would walk out of the class and I would go about my day and my life until the next time that I walked into that same class and I would think, oh, I had that paper or that assignment due and I completely forgot it. And on the off chance that I did remember it, I would procrastinate until the very last minute. So you know those couple of times, especially in high school, where you have really big papers and your teacher's like, this is 20% of your whole grade. And you're like, okay, I've really got to do this. Okay, they do that and they also give you loads of lead time. So they'll give you two months to do the paper or something. That's fantastic. I would wait until the day before to do it because that's how my brain works. I am an interest-based, urgency-driven little monkey, and I need those things to actually get me to do something. Let's fast forward now because all the way through school, I didn't know or even suspect I was ADHD. I got through my 20s having no idea. It wasn't until my mid-30s where after having my daughter, my world started to crumble. And crumble is probably putting it mildly. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety as a teen when I went to the doctor and said, there's something wrong with me. These are blah, blah, blah. What's going on? And they said, oh, no, you have depression and anxiety. That's another story I'll tell another time. But I went into pregnancy thinking, almost planning to get some type of perinatal depression or anxiety. So after I had my daughter and I started to feel what I felt wasn't right, what I felt wasn't myself, I was seeing a psychologist. And I also then started going to a specialist perinatal mental health center and doing counseling and group therapy for what I thought was postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety. And through that and then my own research, I came to learn about postnatal rage, which tends to be a subset of postnatal anxiety. And I thought, well, that's it because I am angry all the time and not just angry, like I am infuriated by the smallest thing that shouldn't matter to me at all, but it will send me flying off the handle in a way that is completely out of proportion for the actual thing. So I'm going through therapies, I'm getting treated, and it wasn't getting better. And I saw all these women around me seemingly getting better. And I will note, I wasn't on any antidepressants or any medication at that time. I have taken antidepressants in the past, and they do not work well for me. Now I understand because I am ADHD and autistic, and it's not a problem with being depressed. Anyways, so the older my daughter got, the harder it got for me. And when I looked around and I saw all these women who were also going through the same program with me, seemingly getting better, I knew something else was wrong. Something else was up. So I kept doing research. I kept trying to find the answer. And because I've long suspected I was autistic and because I'm a movement teacher, I follow a lot of sensory accounts. One of the sensory accounts that I follow, Sensory Stories by Nicole, was starting to post a lot of Venn diagrams and overlap between autism and ADHD. And the ADHD stuff was ticking a lot of boxes. So then I went down this rabbit hole of ADHD in women. What does that look like? 
ADHD in mothers, what does that look like? And I'm going to get emotional still thinking about it. When I tell you that was the missing puzzle piece, when I tell you that was the thing that made me go, oh, it's not just me. It made my whole life make sense. Not just my motherhood journey, but definitely it made my motherhood journey make sense. But it made my whole life make sense. The constant, if you could just live up to your potential. Oh, you have so much potential and ambition. If you could just follow through with things. If you just put your mind to something, you could do anything. It made my whole life make sense. I would say to my partner, because I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like I previously had been fine. I was fine, I thought. Little did I know I was heavily relying on coping mechanisms and I was going through cycles of burnout, but I thought that was just called depression. So I thought I was going in and out of depression. I would sit there and I would cry to my partner holding my baby daughter and say, why can't I just cope? Why can't I do what these other moms are doing? Maybe I'm just completely inept. Maybe I'm not meant to be a mother. I didn't know if it was true or not. I knew I loved my daughter. I knew that I wanted to do the absolute best for her and that I would do anything. The older she got, the more mobile she got. So once she started crawling, once she started walking, once she had a change in sleep needs, which she's always been low sleep needs, but at the height of it, she was waking every 20 to 60 minutes all night long. And if you know anything about people that are neurodivergent, sleep is so paramount to us. It's when our nervous systems completely reset. So when your nervous system doesn't have a chance to reset overnight when we sleep, you are constantly living in this heightened state. And that's what I was doing. And so it culminated with me getting to the point where I was having meltdowns and massive outbursts every single day. And one of the worst was we, my daughter and I had gone to just have lunch quickly with my partner while he was at work. We were driving back in the car to take him back to work and we were at a stoplight and I was driving because we were just going to like have him drop, jump out the car, stop obviously and jump out. And then, you know, I was going to continue home, but we were in a stoplight and my body, it was still, but it felt like I you know the sensation like if your body is like shaking, like almost convulsing? It was not actually doing that, but that was like this rumble of energy that I had within me. And I just started like shaking my head no and like hitting the steering wheel, like palm open, but hitting the steering wheel and like almost hyperventilating. Like it would look like a panic attack, but it was a meltdown. And my partner was like, what is going on? And I was just like, I just can't do this. I just don't understand it. I, again, I don't know why I can't cope. At this point, my daughter was crawling, pulling herself to stand and like scooching along stuff. So not fully walking. And, you know, the sleep, like I said, was completely out the window. So we dropped him at work. I proceeded to go home and trigger warning for anybody that has suicidal ideations. But I walked in the house that afternoon 
with my baby daughter and I stood there and I had this like moment of realization and I said to myself and I later told my partner about this because I I felt like it was something he should know was going through my head and I said but I said to myself like in that moment standing in the living room holding my daughter I said I now understand why parents commit suicide because because our minds are cruel and they lie to us and they really do tell us. And in those moments, we believe that our family really would be better off without us. And I do need to say, I didn't do anything with that thought and that I didn't, there was nothing acted upon, but I stood there. And in that moment, I had the biggest amount of compassion for people who do, because I thought, oh, okay, this is that point where I know my brain is lying to me, but I can so easily see how someone would believe it. And that's when I knew I needed to get more help than what I was getting. And I needed to find more answers. And at that point, I had already been, like I said, doing the counseling, doing the therapies, doing the things. So it looked like really pushing forward to understand what ADHD was and how it affected me. It meant making big accommodations for myself and my partner really doing more than his fair share and also having a lot of compassion for myself because I needed to then understand that I can't do all the things. And what I mean by all the things is like, I can't take care of my daughter and also clean the house and cook and do all these things that for some reason I thought you could do. And honestly, society sets you up to think you can do. So as time progressed, I accepted, I self-diagnosed myself as ADHD. And I was self-diagnosed for probably almost a year before I decided to get a formal diagnosis. I went back and forth, but eventually I decided I did want to try medication. So I reached out to a psychologist that I knew was familiar with late diagnosis of ADHD, or some people would say ADHD in adults. And also this psychiatrist is somebody who is familiar with ADHD in women. I thought that was really important because not that it is always different. Women can have hyperactive or combined ADHD and men can have inattentive. But I knew from my research that I was more inattentive presenting and I needed a psychiatrist that would understand that. So thankfully, I found a psychiatrist. I was able, I did go privately. The wait times where I live in Australia are quite long, especially locally. So I see a doctor that is a couple of hours away from me, but I was able to get into him for my initial appointment within eight weeks. So that's two months. And in that first appointment, the validation that I felt, I didn't even think I needed it because at that point, like I said, I had been self-diagnosed for a year and I thought like... I don't need some doctor to give me a piece of paper to tell me something I already know. But the validation came when he knew my history. He knew I had been in and out of therapy, that I had seen other doctors and other psychologists and et cetera. And he said, it is a real disservice to you that you have gone this long without somebody seeing it and diagnosing you. And I was 36. That was three months ago. So while I still think self-diagnosis is absolutely valid, I also think there is something in seeing a professional 
I do want to know for anyone listening, if you suspect that you're ADHD and you do want to go for a diagnosis, please consider seeing a psychiatrist because in most countries that I'm aware of, a psychiatrist is the only one that can actually prescribe medication. So if you would like the option of trying medication, you need to see a psychiatrist. For me, that process came from I made an appointment with my GP. So in Australia, you see a general practitioner. That's just like a primary care doctor. I had mentioned in previous conversations with her that I suspected I was neurodivergent. And in this one, I was going specifically for my referral letter. She asked me to elaborate about why I suspected I was neurodivergent. So I had a list three pages long of traits and symptoms and different things that I do that were supported both by diagnostic criteria as far as meeting diagnostic criteria, but also, I guess you would say, common things that are seen among ADHD people that are not in the DSM. So she agreed. She also said, yeah, I think there's a lot of autism in there also, which was funny because I was even editing out a lot of the things that I thought were attributed to autism. But that just goes to show you that the blend and the intertwine between the two in me is um, quite a tight little intertwine. But she gave me the letter I then contacted aforementioned psychiatrists and eight weeks later had my initial assessment. As I mentioned, I have decided to try medication. And honestly, it's not the magic pill that some people make it out to be. It does help me stay a bit more focused. It helps me stay a bit more task oriented, but I'm still determining if it helps at all with emotional regulation. It is just, it is definitely not the magic pill that I thought it was going to be. Now that I am formally diagnosed ADHD, I will not get a formal autism diagnosis, at least until I become a citizen in Australia. And we can talk more on that another time. But for now, self-diagnosed autistic with quite low support needs and formally diagnosed ADHD. For me, the way that being ADHD and autistic affect me in motherhood especially is the overstimulation that I feel which unfortunately for me comes out as yelling and blowing up and I spend most of my days apologizing because as I remind myself it's all about the repair it's all about the repair there's going to be ruptures but it's all about the repair but the overstimulation that comes with motherhood the struggle of my executive function or lack of executive function and trying to carry a big part of the mental load. Not all of it because my partner and I do share some things, but because I am primarily a stay-at-home mom, a lot of the things do fall on me in my mental load. So I have lists upon lists upon lists. I typically go to bed each night running through in my head different lists that I need to do. The emotional regulation really comes out, obviously partially because of my overstimulation, but just in general, I am someone who will go from zero to a hundred really quickly. And then depending on what it was, try and calm down quite quickly. My partner is also ADHD. We don't think he's autistic at all. He doesn't have any autistic traits, but he does have what would be classified as typical ADHD traits. And That means that in some ways we are quite the opposite and that can lead to quite a lot of emotional regulation issues. And it can mean that sometimes we are like a firework, not in like a great Katy Perry way, but we blow up quite quickly, but then we also fizzle out 
quite quickly. So we will blow up, but then we recover fairly quickly. So we've talked a lot about me being ADHD. I'll circle back and talk a bit more just in general about me as a person, because as you may hear, I have an American accent, but I refer to living in Australia. Well, that's because I am originally from America. I've lived in Australia for 10 years. My partner is Australian and I am here for the long term. I'm 36, so that elder millennial bit comes in. And outside of being a mom, I'm a movement teacher. So I basically help people move and feel better in their bodies. And my whole goal with this platform and the social media that I make is to raise awareness. I am sharing my lived experience because when I was going through my journey of figuring out and understanding that I was ADHD and autistic, seeing other people like me share their experience made everything make sense. It put the diagnostic criteria into context. So that's exactly what I am trying to do. Call it paying it forward, if you will. But once the dots connected for me And once that puzzle piece of ADHD came in and my whole life made sense, I felt this utter compulsion to have to share what I was going through because I have spent so much of my life feeling alone that I wanted to help other people feel less alone. That's what social media gave me was feeling less alone, seeing other people share their stories. And I wanted to do the same. So now I consider myself an advocate and I am simply trying to raise awareness that maybe, maybe it's not just depression. Maybe it's not just anxiety. Maybe there is something to it because there is what I call a whole wave of us that did not get diagnosed when we were young that are now in our 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s connecting the dot and understanding that there's nothing wrong with us. Our brains are literally just wired a little bit differently. And we have been plopped in this world and set to standards and expectations that we simply cannot meet. So no, maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe you're just neurodivergent. I'm not here to diagnose anybody at all. I am simply here to share my experience and offer some resources that I have learned along the way. I'm always happy to answer questions to the best of my ability or to help point you in directions of potential resources and research and information that I have come across in my learnings. I'll be sharing that here. I'll continue to share it on my different social medias. You can follow me both on TikTok and Instagram at Sam Attempts Motherhood. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit more about me And I am so thankful that you're here. Once again, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Attempting Motherhood the Odd Way. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, subscribe, rate, and review it. Each time you do that, it helps us grow our little community a bit more. And now the necessary disclaimer. I am not a doctor, a medical professional, or a mental health professional. I am sharing my lived experience. And if you find any of this information relatable, please do your own research. There are free resources available in my links. 
Please be your own advocate and speak to a medical professional if you feel like you need to address something talked about in these episodes. Until next time, my friends, keep doing your best.